Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the president of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, welcome back, Bill. It's always great talking with you. Yeah, good to be here as always. As always. Uh, you know, we've had some really good news this week, too. Uh, first, you know, exciting news with the Pfizer vaccine, and now that's being rolled out. Individuals are getting their first of the two-dose regimen, um, and I actually saw some promising data on the Moderna vaccine, so hopefully we'll have that as well. But then some other really positive news that I saw that I thought would be worth mentioning is that there are more people than ever interested in medicine and healthcare. Oh. And the statistics I saw that everyone's talking about is that there are record high numbers for people applying to medical school. And in some schools, the applicants are up somewhere between 20 to 40%, wow. which Usually it's one to two percent each year, according to these stories. So that's a lot of people interested in medicine. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting and it's a little surprising, but if you think about it, it's not at all unexpected. And we haven't had a whole lot else to talk about. Um, <laughs> yes. Number one, but two, I think people are really recognizing the need for good people and, and the presence of good people in healthcare and really the dependence uh, of society on people committing to taking care of others. You know, and I think that that's one of the silver linings of this is just the number of people in healthcare who have really been recognized for their efforts across the country and across the globe. Yeah, it's really put healthcare and laboratory medicine just across all areas of healthcare actually in the forefront. Um, some people have actually been terming this the Fauci effect after Dr. Fauci because he's obviously played such an important role in this pandemic and he's in the spotlight. But of course, if you talk to Dr. Fauci, he's very modest and he says, you know, I'm just one of many doing my best to contribute to this pandemic. But it's, I think, so important for people to see individuals like Dr. Fauci and be inspired by his work. And that's obviously inspiring others to want to do similar things in their future. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think the other piece of it, though, is that the generation that would be applying to medical school are really seeing the needs for real change and, and continued thinking about healthcare. I mean, COVID has really illustrated the need for a truly ability to respond globally to the healthcare challenges that, that face us. Whether or not you believe in globalization, the reality is that COVID demonstrated we're all interconnected, right? And the other thing is that I think about just the disparities, the, the healthcare disparities that have been highlighted by COVID. We've known this, um, you know, for a long time that we need to continue to improve healthcare, but I think this has really brought us to light. And at the same time, uh, really, again, not just doctors, it's not just in medical school is great, but you know, for, for nursing as a profession, that really adds a lot of value to society. For the people in the lab, uh, you know, think about all the, the attention that people have to get the specimens and the risks that they expose themselves to. We have our phlebotomists and allied health staff in those roles, even in the laboratory. And there's been a number of stories about the people who are doing the real heroic work in Clin Micro uh, here in, in the laboratories, but really across laboratory medicine. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of awareness of the many different fields in medicine that you can go into, awareness of the real need to, for, to have people in those roles and the awareness that in those roles, you can not just 
take care of people, but really affect important societal change. Yeah, it really is a team effort, isn't it? You think of healthcare, and it's a whole range of individuals in various roles. It's not just the physicians, of course. It's the people that check the patients in. Um, they're potentially getting exposed to patients. They're in the front line, too. You have the respiratory therapists, the ICU nurses, the people that are taking care of the really sick patients, the people that are taking care of outpatients, people doing radiology, technicians, technologists, and then, of course, in the laboratory. And we've highlighted a few stories on this podcast of some of our laboratorians who have really been at the front line helping to develop tests for COVID. So yeah. it's a great time to highlight science and healthcare, and actually to take this time to thank everyone who's really stepped up during this pandemic across all aspects of healthcare. You're right. I mean, the teamwork, it makes it a place like Mayo that's really founded on teamwork. It's, I think that's one of the reasons we've been able to respond and help the country in this time of crisis. And honestly, as you were speaking, Bobby, it brought me back to when I was did my year of internal medicine before I went into pathology. Mm -hmm. And when people would come to Mayo and, and they were so scared when they yeah. were being admitted to the hospital, think of the fear that COVID has engendered and continues to cause. And everyone that's involved in responding to COVID, from the laboratory to the nurses, to the mm -hmm. desk staff, to the doctors, they have all been part of helping to quell those fears in people. So I think it's, it is an important time to say thank you uh, and to really recognize uh, the people that have done a lot of work and have really stepped up. And I think it's, if nothing else, people being interested is a real validation of that. So that's great. I do think though, too, you brought up an important point as we, because we're going to hit the new year and then you wonder, I mean, people wonder, so what does 2021 bring? And in my mind, the image I have is that of COVID being a big wave, pardon the pun, but truly that, that hits a shore. I grew up on Long Island. I remember in the winter, you'd have these big waves and surges that would really change. You'd go back and the beach would look totally different. You know, sand dunes would have been moved and everything. And that's kind of how I think about COVID and healthcare. There's been this dramatic global response to the pandemic. As that recedes, thankfully, it's going to leave the landscape of healthcare altered. And that's going to be nowhere is it going to be more evident, I think, than in diagnostics and laboratory medicine. Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because as the chair of the Department of Laboratory and Medicine and Pathology here at Mayo Clinic, what are your thoughts on what's in store in 2021 for laboratorians and laboratory medicine? It's not just my job as a chair, which is important, but also the vista that I get from being the president of Mayo Clinic Lab. So not yeah. just looking within Mayo, but outside of Mayo, what do I see changing? Right. Um, you know, what do we see changing? I, the things that come to mind is, first of all, what people expect out of getting a test is going to change. There's going to be a movement to where more and more people are going to expect that they can get a lab test and not have to go to a hospital or a draw center, that somehow they'll be available to them in their home. And I think that will move with the overall migration that we have seen really accelerated in healthcare to virtual care models, you know, where people can have remote visits to their provider and physician. And I think the other piece of it is, and this really is from my discussions I've been able to have at the national and, and even the, the global level through my work with the World Economic Forum, is there's a, just a general recognition that there's an underinvestment in our diagnostics infrastructure. That lab medicine tells us it's so much of what we understand about what's going on with an individual is generated from the lab and the information we get from the lab. I think we're going to see a real, a real renewed interest in building that out and growing that out. And part of that's already happened. Uh, I was on a, a media briefing yesterday with the CEO of Roche, and they're mentioning how their install base for their molecular diagnostics 
globally has gone up in double digit percentages because of the need for it. So I think that we're going to see that, that much heightened interest in diagnostics going forward. Well, that really nicely ties into what we were talking about earlier, that there are more people interested in healthcare, and it's probably a good time to mention that pathologists and people working in laboratory medicine really play an integral part in healthcare. And whether it's for the COVID pandemic right now or what the future brings in laboratory testing, it's a great area to make a career in. And myself, personally, as a pathologist and a clinical microbiologist, I'll put a plug in for those two areas, but there's uh, many other areas that many other careers that you could have in laboratory medicine, like our medical laboratory scientist program prepares people to actually perform clinical diagnostic testing. Yeah, I can't speak to any one division. I, I don't want to be acute. <laughs> you don't want to be uh, yeah, one over the, the other. Favorites. I think, honestly, to your point, Bobby, is it, number one, there are such great opportunities. The lab is one area, going back to your point, where science and medicine really intersect. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happens all over medicine, but certainly, I mean, that's why me as an MD, PhD, that's why I was drawn to the field, because I wanted the area of medicine where I use both. And as you look forward, all sorts of opportunities for not just MDs, but and PhDs and PhDs in traditional areas uh, like clinical chemistry, but even uh, data scientists and, mm -hmm. and thinking about where the future is going or people that want to innovate technologically to think about what kind of device can you use to get blood from someone at their home in a painless way that can get tested. I mean, there's, it's great there's young people, I hate to say that makes me feel old, but younger <laughs> New generation interested in healthcare and medicine, and hopefully they're interested in lab medicine because it's going to be a very exciting frontier here now going forward, I think. I agree. Yeah, so looking on the positive side, you know, we're going to get through this pandemic. We have a lot to be thankful for and a lot of people who played key roles. And uh, one of the silver linings is that it's inspired people to look at all the various ways that they can contribute. And not just now, but going into 2021, 2022, in the future. Of course, medicine's a long road, but it's a career with lifelong learning, which is, I think, very exciting, especially as a scientist myself. I agree. And I just, you know, recording this podcast, I should say, uh, you know, just at, at the time of the holidays. And I guess well, to end just to, for those of you who are celebrating the holidays in some way, I know it's a tough year for that. Um, it's been a tough year for a lot of us. But uh, so thank you not only to the people in healthcare, but anyone who listens to this. Just want to wish you, uh, you know, happy holidays, however you celebrate. Hopefully you can connect with loved ones in some way that's meaningful to you. And uh, the other thing we'll have to work on is really how do we diagnose, for my, myself personally, an overindulgence in Christmas cookies, which I think is <laughs> here. Is that uh, a disorder? I think that's an okay disorder to have. Yeah, I, I guess you don't want to test for that. Because if we were to I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I agree completely, Val. I'm wishing you a happy holidays as well. And uh, I'll look forward to continuing to talk to you in the new year. Yeah, me as well. Thank you. That's just one of the many silver linings is our, our, our time to chat. So it's yeah. great. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday. <laughs>